This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. David Housel described it best. We are living the whole of the Auburn experience. You can quantify it. You can qualify it any way that you want to talk about it. Sports, academics, across the oceans, every which way in between and different places and people. But at its heart, at its core, it is all about our sports. It is all about our culture and is all about the Auburn family. And because it's about family, I'm here. Your host is normal, Kyle Loomis. And I have to have another Auburn family member with me to co-host. And it's a new face if you're watching live or watching the replay. But if you're on the audio podcast, it's a new-ish voice other than you are familiar with him from the No Huddle, the No Huddle, the No Huddle podcast on E2C Network. Mr. AJ Richardson back in the chair. Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me again. Second time. First time call it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. Go through that whole spiel again. <laughs> no, I, I love being back on here. Uh, the Just the whole thing. Love it. Um, I know Austin, when he's on here, he goes through the number thing. So I, I did, you did your home. Did you do your homework? I did. I'm I so did. proud of you. Like, this is like the proudest day I've had in quite some time on this podcast, which is sad, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm kidding, but I'm not. I'm proud of you for doing your homework. Yeah, well, you know, he always does his, uh, you know, which player wore that episode, uh, you know, whatever that episode is. So, yep. Ray 44. First one who came to mind was Ben Tate, you know, big running back from yep. 2006, 2009. One thing I was reading about, which I had kind of forgotten, and I want to bring this up, he was actually had a chance to play safety at Auburn and decided to play running back. Really? I did not remember this. I didn't either. So I looked it up, and sure enough, he had the opportunity to do that. Obviously, he chose correct. He got yeah. 3,000 plus rushing yards, tons of touchdowns. I mean, he chose correctly playing running back, but I couldn't imagine him as a defensive back. Like, what he would have murdered people in the, back, in the backfield or in the defensive backfield. Yeah. I, I, Ben Tate was one of those guys. I remember when I saw him run the first time, I was like, okay, like he's, he's clearly a running back, but he's not the, in my mind, having gone through the years with Cadillac and even Kenny irons to that point, he didn't fit the mold in my mind of what I had come to know as a running back. And he was a different type, but he was just still so smooth, so fast and just still so strong at times. And I loved that we got a season with him and Ontario McCaleb and literally they were thunder and lightning. It really was. It was amazing. That's a great number. Can I throw one more at you? I'm probably still Cameron artist pain 44. I'd forgotten about him. Yeah, he, he became kind of the, in my mind, an underrated kind of an underdog. Yes. Like again, kind of like Ben Tate didn't necessarily fit the mold of like a running back. He kind of honestly fit a fullback just with his size, but became that amazing running back that, you know, now I've actually got a helmet over here signed by him so that's pretty cool i believe yeah one of the footballs that some of them you can see that's nick marshall yeah. pointing right there out for people on the, on the oh we're gonna, yeah. are we doing show oh. and tell is that what's happening <laughs> i was trying to see if i can grab it but the people on the audio podcast are like oh my gosh i can't take this stop pointing <laughs> to things that we can't see so all right let's cover some auburn potpourri uh to get us started tonight just some you know really the hard part about this week is there's so much around the two major topics that we're going to cover of um, you know, war ready, obviously, on our second 
biggest topic and the first biggest topic is going to be sec media days but let me just mention this also off of sec media days because i think we're going to have enough to talk about there auburn was voted sixth by the media in the sec west preseason poll and they had six on the all sec list one was a first teamer on special teams brian body and then about five others were third teamers uh, just not to really go into depth about this, because we'll have more time to discuss SEC Media Day stuff, but were you shocked by what you heard in these predictions, either as individuals or as a team coming out of that event? So overall, you can tell that the media itself, and this is the you know the people that vote on this kind of stuff, there's just way too many unknowns for them. New head mm-hmm. coach, new offensive, defensive coordinator. 40 plus, I think it's 42 new players on Auburn's football roster since the end of last season. There's just a lot of change. And I think the unknowns scare people when yeah. they're kind of voting on these things. So I think that plays into it. But if you look at individual players, I'm pretty shocked that we didn't get even like a second teamer out of some of this, uh, because I think some of these guys are really deserving of it. It's just a matter of, I mean, let's be honest, preseason it's just something to talk about, right? Right. It doesn't mean anything. But if I'm a player that gets a third team and you're like, really? Like, I'm pretty dominant here. Uh, that's a little bit of something, a chip on your shoulder that you can have. So, yeah. I mean, you take it uh, as, as you may, but I don't, I don't really take too much stock in us not getting a whole lot of, uh, you know, at least – preseason kind of accolades at least not yet well in auburn traditionally at least in modern times has always thrived when there's not a lot of expectations on them. baseball just got off a season of doing that shocking a lot of people especially in sec play uh it feels like that narrative is being built here and maybe that's a little bit of a nod and a wink from some media members saying you know what i'm gonna go ahead and say this vote this way knowing there's a high likelihood that Auburn has the capability to overperform and then we'll just be following the narrative. You, know, you slice it whatever way you want. Right. It's preseason polls. It's just for talking at this point. So we're just going to leave it at that. I want to switch our gears to some recruiting stuff on two different fronts. Um, please forgive me, sir. And I say, sir, he's, a, he's younger than me. But this recruit for basketball that has now named us to his top four, Flory, Bidunga, I believe is how you say that. And I apologize if I've mispronounced that, but the best center in the 2024 class is named Auburn in his top four alongside blue buds uh, like Michigan. And he's, they're not really a blue bud, but I think Duke was in there, Kansas maybe. I can't remember all the different ones that, uh, other than us, the blue blood. But that's got to excite you. It feels like we're kind of primed to have another big time center coming in. So what do you think? You think we're sitting good for that one? I mean, anybody that we get into the top four, you know, Bruce Pearl and his staff have given him a good pitch. Like, he's at least keeping us in the running. Um, so, I mean, you got to think that we have a decent shot. Uh, I mean, basketball recruits, football recruits, I mean, you just don't know even until up until they sign. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things to play out, but you got to think if Bruce Pearl sees – I mean, I know he saw we're in the top four – that's just the extra push because, I mean, I'm not a basketball expert like you or somebody else, but you can see we need a good center coming yeah. in the near future. And if we can get somebody like that, and you know, it sets up the roster going forward. Um, and, I mean, if he's the top center in the 
you know, that class, you know, he, he could be a one and done if he's magical. Yeah. I, I think we are sitting in a prime position to pick somebody up in a big way in that position. And I hope that's what he sees is a certain name will be leaving Janai broom this year. Cause he nearly left for the NBA this year. So definitely going next year. And I think he's going to have a great season. So there is prime opportunity and playing time and, and not to dismiss Dylan Cardwell in any way yeah. uh, for what he's going to do. Dylan is a great basketball center and I'm so happy that we have him, but you can see that with those two being upperclassmen, the opportunities are going to become more available at the center position very, very, very soon. Uh, just mentioning it briefly. We don't really, we're not going into a lot of detail here about it, but big cat weekend is coming up next weekend um, for Auburn football. And that's a, Big thing that has maintained, started back in the Chiswick era, maintained through Gus. Brian Harson tried to do it, I guess. <laughs> I think he tried to do it. I can't remember. Maybe not. And is, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's back at what, yep. in either regard. Big names, and there may even be a big name committing this at linebacker this Wednesday. We will see. Don't know if that's going to happen. And uh, Demarcus Reddick. Exciting times for uh, Hugh Freeze continuing the summer. I mean, you feeling good about Big Cat Weekend? Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many guys that are even potentially like verbally committed to other schools or just kind of in the final stages of picking that you you just have a feeling the momentum is in that wave of commitments is about to start coming, uh, especially with the culmination of Big Cat Weekend that typically around that maybe right at it during it or just recently after, you know, they could talk to their parents about how it went, how was the relationships with the coaches? How, how did you like the campus? Yada, yada. That kind of stuff really pushes people over that edge of committing to Auburn. And you can just feel that that's coming um, with how hard we've seen already Hugh Freeze and his staff recruiting. And you got to believe that weekend they're full fledged, you know, probably pulling all-nighters, trying to make sure everything's right just to make sure those guys get the best experience possible. I have this vision, and we have a recent image of it, of Coach Cadillac sitting in that hallway late at night on the phone with recruits where he's trying to hold together recruiting class and just working till the night's end. I I imagine this staff is doing some similar things, if not Cadillac himself again. Um, So big weekend coming up, and I – would always remind folks, and I'd be remiss if I didn't, that just because your favorite player doesn't commit on Big Cat Weekend, or I would say this for like a junior day or whatever big weekend that's coming, doesn't mean that that's the end of it and that's a cause for concern. It is simply sometimes the groundwork that is being laid, the foundation that is much easier to make the case at the end of this thing. So look at it that way, and anything else you get on top of it is gravy. So we'll see what happens with that. Just to round out potpourri, uh, some final little topics that we're not going to have time to jump into. Single single tickets are now on sale for Auburn football. My advice, folks, if you haven't gotten it or a ticket that you need, you need to get it now because they are running out fast. And finally, we got a brand new commitment for equestrian. Abigail Edie uh, coming in on the western side, I believe, for the 2024 class. So that will do it for Auburn Potpourri. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. S-E-C. Media days. I tried to do an EA sports type of thing there. It didn't work. <laughs> you don't have like a crowd that you didn't give me any pity laughs. Oh, yeah. thank, you, thank you. Thank you. I don't know. I don't know what like the background noise of EA sports would be other than you see the animated like people going. <laughs> and are they even people? They're just really just like, you know, little figures just moving around like they're, this. They're like cardboard cutouts of people. You, you even like think about how far we've come in graphics and stuff. And to be honest, most of these games now have reached the point where they actually are like legitimate figures in yeah. this. But even some of them, if you look further into the distance, they're just like little blobs moving around. You're like, okay, we still do some of the things. So yeah, don't fool me. Y'all are still cutting corners in some area, but I understand. All right. SEC Media Days, there is a lot to talk about here. We are not going to be able to cover. So please forgive us if we don't cover your favorite topic in this. My advice for you is be staying tuned here to E2C Network, especially on the podcast side of things. AJ, who's here from No Huddle, they, he and Jared will be talking about this in great detail in the coming weeks when they can get their schedule set. So that will be a deep dive for them. But for you and me here, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about it. Let's start off with this for just a brief minute. Talk about the general SEC topics that came out with Greg Sankey. How do you feel about it going to Dallas, Texas next year for the first year with Oklahoma and Texas being in the conference? I honestly wasn't even thinking that was an option until that topic was brought up. Uh, and their reasoning, I can kind of – It makes sense. Yeah, they're, they're wanting to make Texas and Oklahoma feel part of the SEC because, let's be honest – even Texas A&M, where it's located, you're like, are they really SEC? And I think it's the SEC generally to say, hey, you're part of the SEC. Um, it's a little, like, you know, reach out. Like, we're, we're having nice niceties, essentially. Niceties? Is that a word we're using now? We're doing it. <laughs> Look, on that point, though, uh, I think Oklahoma and Texas are more SEC than Missouri is. No offense, Fair. black and gold Tiger Fair. fans. The, at the very beginning, I thought maybe, you know, think about to, uh, you know, what was it? Uh, when we faced Missouri in the SEC championship, was that like 2010? I was yeah. like, okay, cool. They, they made it. Okay. Maybe 2013. They, 2013. 2013. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Um, and we, we decided, Hey, you know, maybe they're, they're here. Maybe they're here to say, and yet every year since has not met the standards, basketball, football, you know, the main sports. So uh, I could see them maybe moving on, but I don't know that they're going to move on. I just, they're kind of moving into that Vanderbilt category, but look, yeah. you know, the sec isn't what it is without the collective. So we still thank Vanderbilt for what they do. We will continue to thank Missouri, even as we continue to bring more of their big 12 brethren into the conference. Um, other stuff he talked about NIL, uh, I didn't get a sense that there's any hope or direction because he basically said we need help from the federal government. And if you're asking help from any, not just this uh, current administration, I'm not even going politics on this in terms of like picking a side. If yeah. you think you're getting help in the immediate from the United States government on NIL, you got another thing coming. I mean, is there any hope for that? I mean, I've been watching a lot of law kind of type or lawyer type 
TV shows. And if I've learned anything from TV shows that deal with anything federal government, it's TV shows. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, like, you know it. Let's be it, honest. Some of these TV shows are reality at this point with what we're dealing yeah. with. Yeah. So you just know it's, it's going to take a while. Like just to get something proposed, it takes an army. To get it passed and get it changed takes an absolute battle and a war um, to make that kind of change. So I, I'm kind of in your in your camp of it's kind of like at this point we're we're in this and there's no real going back. Um, I think to use your phrase that I've heard you use, you know, let the cat out of the bag a little too early and didn't really have the guidelines and regulations to set things up in a way that's sustainable and helps the sport as a whole. At this point, it's just, all right, got to, got to do with it what you may and get the best guys in using your NIL money. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't see a lot of hope for it on, on the, in terms of, having regulations and standardizations in the immediate future. Um, I think small things will happen and hopefully the sec and Greg Sankey will lead as they've done in a lot of college football topics over the next few years. But I think we're still years from any major thing happening. It's not a surprise that, that he felt the need to talk about it there. Let's shift gears to Auburn specific stuff. Obviously we all tuned in on Tuesday for the best day of uh, college uh, football, but all in, in terms of the preseason stuff, but not just because Auburn was there, Georgia was there too. We can talk about some of the other teams if you'd like it, if we have time at the end, but I want to focus on Auburn stuff. Your representatives, obviously coach. Uh, oh, did you hear it? Almost Ooh, did almost did it. Coach freeze. Sorry, coach freeze. Almost said the other coach, the guy he shall not be named, I guess coach freeze. We also had Elijah McAllister, edge rusher, Cameron Stutz, offensive lineman, and Luke Deal, uh, tight end guy from there. So I walked away. This is just general thoughts from me, and I'd love yours too. Very pleased with the optimism that I heard from Coach. And you kind of always expect it from the players because what else are they supposed to say? Yeah, I don't know why we're doing this. But to me, from a guy like Hugh Freeze that came in, asking for patience and he still did on the stage i i got a sense of optimism from him am i reading things too much into it no 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 i mean i think it's a an optimism um but yet he was still despite it i got like a tone of like humbleness yeah because he was asked about hey what is your offense going to be he's like honestly i don't know and i i value that instead of just saying yeah we've got it all figured out no you don't you don't even know who the quarterback is um and so at least he's being honest about right. where he's coming from, but he sees the potential in this. And I mean, he went through it um, kind of in his press conference, but he was asked, Hey, what have you done with teams in the past and kind of revitalized them, brought them to life. And he went through each of the schools, Ole Miss, Liberty, was yeah. it, uh, even previous ones. And he, he kind of focused on, Hey, this is where we're at, but Hey, I got him to, X number of wins. It was a better season. And he was like, I would love to do that here. All I'm doing right now is just focusing on the game by game. And that was kind of what I got from him was, hey, that's great to have these big lofty goals of getting X number of wins, but we got to focus on getting better now. And, you know, that's kind of, again, coach speak, but his perception of, or my perception of that was he knows what he's talking about. He sees it. He sees the gaps that we have. He started to fill those. I mean, 42 players from last year 
that have come to Auburn either in the recruiting class or transfers, that's a lot of change. That's a lot of new guys in, in the and he's still trying to kind of get the lay of the land, but he sees the potential. And I think that's the key. Something else that I want, and I agree with everything you said there um, about things that he was expressing and the way he was talking, but the way he approached those topics, I, it's not that I thought that coach freeze was going to come in unprepared or anything like that, but a guy who's been here such short time just seemed to be very well prepared for the stage. And cause I can only imagine what he inherited at Auburn, not just because of coach Harson, but going through two transitions in two years, two to three years, you can imagine the state that the program would be in. And with a lot of good things, new things happening like a football facility. I want to mention a little bit about just at least one of the players. Um, You know, it's hard to always take away solid stuff from that other than like maybe slight little jabs towards other teams and stuff like that here and there. But what I loved and this is becoming borderline like man crush level and I'm fine with it. Elijah McAllister is my guy. Mm. Like the more that guy shows up with Auburn on, you know, the chest or there, just Auburn gear, him representing Auburn. Why was this guy not here from the get go? I mean, (laughs) I'm not even talking about on the field stuff. I think he's going to do great things for us. And I'm not saying he's going to be a Heisman trophy winner for as a defensive player, but I'm saying this guy is who we need at this time. He is a leader. He knows what he wants to do like personally for himself. And he just strikes me as a guy that is going to be invaluable on and off the field in a transition year. Yeah. I just, I love me some Elijah McAllister. I'm just gonna be honest. Yeah. And, and I think the reason, cause I, you know, I was like, who is this Elijah McAllister? You know, I heard his name because he is transferring from Vandy into here. into Auburn, but I didn't know too much about him. And so I was like, if you're transitioning from one school to another and, Coach Hugh Freeze says, hey, you're our guy, one of the top three that get to represent Auburn. He has to really see a lot of potential in you. Um, and, and, you know, if you just go listen to even like two minutes of it, you're going to be very impressed um, with what Elijah McAllister is. Um, I mean, goodness, he, he's already got his bachelor's. He's got a master's. He's working towards his doctorate. It, well, whoa, 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 whoa. Is that is that legit? Yeah. I missed that not. part. Yeah. I was yeah. already so amazed by him. Now I'm even more amazed. Like I didn't think it was yeah. possible. And, and you're just like this guy, as a football player, like he's doing this yeah. as like all the time constraints of a football player too. Jeez. And, and think about it. He did it at Vandy, which, you know, oh, academically high school. I can't imagine this guy is just, is, is a great guy at the right time for Auburn. Love, love yeah. having him here so much. Uh, other things from sec media days. Uh, in, in terms of specific to Auburn, we can kind of start rounding out with obviously nothing to report about the Jarquez Hunter situation, as I've been trying to get across. Every time I get one person that just pops in randomly on shows and stuff, what, what's the news on Jarquez Hunter? There's no news, folks. There will be no news on Jarquez Hunter until the season starts. Like yeah. I, I've said that now publicly here. And so when it happens and comes out before, someone's going to copy paste, you know, <laughs> and, Take the take your L, Kyle. I will take my L, but I just don't think we're going to hear anything until at earliest a week before the season starts. If there's anything to be heard in terms of a punishment or things like that, is there anything else from Auburn's standpoint that we should mention that stuck out to you? Whether it was Coach Freeze, one of the players, or just topics in general that were about Auburn from media days. Yeah, I mean, 
the biggest thing out of all of this, and I think this comes back to the optimism piece of it you were asking about, is he, he was talking about the alignment, you know, between president, yeah, staff, athletic director, down to him. And he he essentially was saying, hey, we have alignment. We know what we're going towards and everybody believes in that mission. And when you genuinely have that, and if that's true, it's not just coach speak, really big things can happen. You look at, look at Alabama, they've got alignment from everybody there. They understand what it takes to get to that national standpoint, again, get a national championship. And guess what? It takes literally everybody from the president down to the coaches, down to the assistants, down to the players in that alignment. If any one of those is broken, that that's when kind of factions and breakoffs start to happen. That's when you hear like the cancer players or the whatever, like those are the players that don't abide by what the mission is. And guess what? That starts is at, at the coaches and that starts at the administration. I agree. I mean, it's a big buzzword and you can understand why it's being used now. And look, I'm going to, I'm not defending Harson, but I, I will say, I don't think he had the benefit of such alignment here. Yeah. Uh, would that have been the thing that helped? Sure. It would have helped in some ways. I don't know that it would have been the thing that sent it over the edge for him, but it is much easier uh, to all go in the direction you want to go. If everybody is pulling in that same direction and you're hearing it from, you know, voices amongst the campus, sports figures or not, um, that alignment is the buzzword, and that is a big thing to hear. Really quickly, is there one last thing that's not Auburn-related from SEC Media Days that stuck out to you, or is or is it just all Auburn for you? Oh, man. Um, let's see. One of the interesting things, and this was kind of more about Ole Miss, I, w- I was looking at they were kind of – predicted only went 7.6 wins so a little over seven wins and i was like interesting you know maybe they're just starting to see the kind of the split after you know think about lane kiffin uh, essentially courting auburn until the last minute and then saying nope i'm saying it all miss and i don't know if they're looking at that or if it's literally the players on the team so i don't know a little auburn time there of i think media is kind of just like a little iffy about Ole Miss as well that and I would also add on top of it, uh, Texas A and M and Jimbo Fisher. That that uh, relationship is just oh. as, di- as dicey as ever, and I cannot wait to watch either way it go either way. Just because there's so much drama over there that could be happening with it's nice to not have your coach be on the hot seat this season. Well, as far as we know, so you know, no, no reason to think that at this point, but uh, you know, it is nice to not be in the hot seat actively to start off the sec season. So anytime a coach is on the hot seat, if you ever want to go to coacheshotseat.com, that's a good one. It's a, it's a fun website. Somebody updates it. I don't know how frequently because right now, number one guy, Northwestern, Obviously, he's already gone. He's gone. Um, but number three is Jimbo Fisher. So that's, you, that's, not, a, that's, a, that's a, not a good thing for him. You do uh, not have the resources he has and fail the way he's failed so far, and they're not be hot on your seat, sitting in the mm-hmm. hot seat. So anyway, that is a brief overview of the SEC in general and Auburn from Media Days. Check out Austin. I did it again. AJ and Jared on No Huddle podcast coming up here on E2C Network very, very soon for more of their thoughts on that. Something that we don't get to talk about a lot because it doesn't happen but once every summer and for a short amount of time. And that is the 
basketball tournament. It's the most easy name ever. Says what it is. But why is it important to Auburn fans? Most of you know why. And that is the team formerly known as Tampa 2020. Formerly known as War Ready. Or wait. No, actually. They're so called War Ready. War Tampa is then they changed it to. And then they changed it again to War Ready. Fully embracing the Auburn family, fully taking on that fan base. And as I will say to any professional team, any minor league team, if you want semi-pro team, if you want the Auburn family on board, put an Auburn player on there and we will come in droves to support your team. Now you got to win and give us a reason to stay engaged, but so far, War Ready is the best example of Auburn fans capturing the fascination of a particular thing outside of the Auburn direct spectrum. So we're about to watch this again, but just general thoughts from you about the three years I think it's been so far with this journey to basically being an Auburn-only team. And we'll talk about what's coming up for them very in just a bit. Yeah, I mean, I love the concept, especially when – you know, we don't have any real sports going on for Auburn. Uh, baseball finished up. We're kind of in the middle of things uh, with just talking season. But that's about it. And now we actually get to watch some uh, basketball. And it'd be good competition. Um, I remember watching the first year being pretty disappointed because all the hype. And then they pretty sure they lost in their first year. Last year showed a little more hope. I mean, you can see the team is starting to get there. Uh, they're getting some pretty big names like Dejo Pirafoy. Where Spencer, uh, TJ Dunnans, Zep Jasper, newly added because he mm-hmm. just graduated from Auburn. Uh, you know, it's just fun players uh, and getting to watch them play. Is, yep. It's a good time. Yeah, let me give you the full roster, and this will be all the Auburn games. I'll repeat some of the ones AJ went through that I have that was posted actually today on social media. So this, I have to believe this is the most current roster for them. Laron Smith, Malik Dunbar. Daniel Purevoy, TJ Dunnans, Horace Spencer, Tay Waller, Quantez Robertson, uh, and Zepp Jasper. That's all your Auburn guys right there. Isaiah Williams was on the team last year, I believe. Um, Antonio Hester, uh, Michael Ramey, Sean Willett, and Latana. I'm not going to butcher your last name, my friend, because I'm not going to do that to you. I mispronounce things all the time, but welcome to War Ready. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, that is the roster uh, for this year. A lot of the same names that we had in previous seasons, obviously big ones from the Final Four team. Daniel Purifoy is probably your one you think about the most from there, and others too. Malik Dunbar is about that time, about that time, (laughs) about that time. But the big thing this year, and I think, if you're going to continue to do this, you've got to add new Auburn blood to it every year. They took probably the most attainable and most fan favorite combination name they could get in bringing Zepp Jasper onto this team. Because as much as Zepp was not known for being a scorer, he still won the hearts of the Auburn family, A, because of the way he just carried himself on and off the court, but he was also a very good basketball player in other areas of the game and would score from pretty decently from time to time, not on the regular, but you got to love having Zepp back in some way connected to Auburn already. Cause you just got to love the guy. Yeah. 
and didn't he transfer? He transferred in like from uh, College of Charleston, I believe, is yeah. what it was. He played what two years at Auburn, right? Maybe three. Two years, yes, it would be two yeah. years. He came in and got that extra year to stay around, like most people had. So he has used up all his eligibility clearly because he's playing in this semi-pro tournament. Yeah, but, but he's but, a fun one, and I feel like in tournaments like this. We, if you've watched any of them, sometimes it takes a minute for a team to get hot on on the offense. So having a guy like him on the defensive side, I feel really good about having yes. somebody you can literally just defend and be the, you know, he's known as the honey badger, be the honey badger, annoy the crap out of the other team and just, you know, push, you know, just keep going, keep going. Yeah, I think, and I struggle to recall like what were the, pros and cons of the last three seasons of all the way back to Tampa 2020 and, and now we're ready. But I got to feel like in a tournament like this, where you're basically making an all-star team of former schools for a lot of these teams that it's going to be very like scoring heavy, typically if everybody's shooting well and is not rusty. So you got to have a good defender. Yeah. Well, you've added that in Zeb Jasper, the honey badger. I mean, he is just going, he's, he's a leader on the floor too, provides a lot of stability. There's a reason people used to always question why he was starting. And I was like, you don't know basketball. Like this guy is invaluable to have on the floor, even in a starting role. And his minutes didn't reflect a starting role. No, no, but, but, he look, got, his, but his plus ahead. minus was insane. Exactly. Because guess what? Every time he was on the court, his guy was never scoring. Yeah, and you know what? That's the best thing you could do. He wouldn't put up like twenty points a game. He'd maybe get ten points a game, but guess what? He was passing. He was getting the assist. He was yep. helping the team. And when he was on the court, guess what? He was benefiting, and the team was benefiting from it all. Yep, I agree. I think um, he is going to be invaluable to War Ready this go round. And speaking of this go round, let me give you what you can follow with them they are a seven seed taking on the number two seed the ville and i believe that is the louisville alumni based team so a tough challenge for them to take on a number two seed in obviously the louisville uh well i don't know why it would be the louisville region i just said louisville next to it where they're playing but either way uh taking on the ville gonna have to pull a major upset to take them down this tuesday at 7 p.m. Maybe you already have watched the result of that by this time. I would say, based off how they have performed thus far, this is a year where we really need to see continued success. And, and I'm not knocking the efforts of them or in any way. They have seen more college basketball than I ever would have seen in my life on the floor as a player. Um, but I would say that the first year didn't have a great start. Same thing with the second year yet last year, we got that first win. That was kind of like getting over the hump, but then kind of had the second game feel like the first game of the first two seasons. I think this year is very much needed to have a solid run in the first round and make it competitive down to the wire in that second game at the very end of things. And this is a unique one where they have that whole, I forget what it's called, but the, the weird last shot thing that can happen. Mm. Um, it's an interesting setup with this tournament, but I would like to see them continue to make steps in the right direction as I want to call them a program, but as a team to continue the hype that is still around this team when it comes to the Auburn family and the Auburn, um, faithful so what how do you feel in it's a number two seed any hopes 
I mean, you just never know. I mean, think about how many times Auburn has been the underdog. And, you know, we, I mean, I, w- I was at a game when Auburn was playing or K- Kentucky came to Auburn and Kentucky was a top ranked team in basketball. Right. And yet we beat them, rushed the court. It was an amazing thing. It's one of those things where I feel like Auburn is just kind of in that mindset already or the players that come out of it even still. Right. And, you know, they're, they just came here to play and they want to play hard. Uh, I mean, it's a winner go home. So, you know, it's on the line. They're going to bring their best. Obviously don't want to look past uh, this game. Got to take care of the number two seed in your bracket. But uh, if they were to win, they would then take on two days later. So that would be a Thursday at 8 PM, the winner of Eberlein drive and Jackson, Tennessee underdog. So it sounds like just from, you know, the way brackets are laid out and it doesn't sound like that's a big alumni team. I don't know what that would be. Jackson, Tennessee is trying to remember what schools are there, but either way, it sounds like that might be the ticket for them to get to the sweet 16 effectively. If they take care of, if they, I say take care of business, they're the underdog. Um, Either way, look folks, I hope that you will jump on board and give them your support. Follow along on Tuesday. If you you, uh, are able to do so, Uh, because these are some of our favorite players and I just want them to feel the love that the Auburn family had for them. Then, and still now, let's keep this war-ready magic going and uh, continue to make it something that we can at least look forward to at the end of every summer. So, high hopes. I just hope that we can capture that Final Four magic again. Wouldn't that be nice? It would be so nice. I mean, even if we got some sort of – if we got past the second round, you know, that, that means they've got something going. Uh, the guys are playing well together, and, I mean, who knows? It could be a really fun kind of run for them. Absolutely, it could. So, again, as a reminder, 7 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday, uh, July 25th, the Ville versus War Ready. They would play again in two days um, at 8 o'clock, the winner of Eberlein Drive, Jackson, Tennessee, underdogs, and your main Auburn guys to watch for, LaRon Smith, Malik Dunbar, Daniel Purifoy, TJ Dunnans, Horace Spencer, uh, Tay Waller, uh, Quantez Robertson, and, of course, the honey badger hopefully being the leader that we all know him to be on that team uh mr zep jasper i'm excited hope you're all excited and hopefully in uh, about a week's time we're talking about a surprise run for this auburn based team that's going to do it for this episode of the auburn experience podcast episode 44 austin you're not austin Why do y'all have to have the same letter name? Because I do this every single time. AJ, thank you so much for being here and hanging out with me again in chair number two. Yeah, glad glad I could do this, and uh, it was fun. I'll mention another one, Dylan Cardwell, 44. I I thought that was one, and I I, I was like, I'm not going to sound ignorant if I'm wrong, so I'm going to let him make that mistake. But you're right, it was 44, so good call on the way out. If they want to find you on social media, where can they follow yeah, Twitter, A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. And you can find me on Twitter at Kyle Loomis 24 And, of course, follow the E2C Network everywhere. At E2C Network is pretty much where you need. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode. If you watch live and for listening on the podcast. Until we talk to you again, War Eagle. War Eagle.